Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Arch Deluxe Podcast, where today is going to be a not normal baseball talking day. Today we're going to talk about traveling to see your favorite sports teams. And a lot of this is going to stem from lessons I've learned. There's going to be some little anecdotes and stories that have helped me along the way learn how to appropriately travel or make it a lot less stressful. Um, traveling itself is stressful, especially in these, these times where masks are required, things like that. And so you want to make sure you try to reduce as much of that travel stress as you can. And hopefully some of the things I've learned, some of the stories I tell will help you with that. Um, I will lean on some of the stories because A, they're kind of funny and lucky and B, because... I want to make sure I help somebody have a good sports trip that is memorable. So without further ado, let's start with what is number one on the list. And for me, I have learned that you need to plan around whatever event you're going to. So I always recommend getting there a day early. And the reason for that is you can't control the weather. You can't control things that are going to happen. And there is nothing worse than trying to rush to an event because your flight got in late, your flight was delayed, um, your hotel room wasn't ready, they didn't have a rental car for you. I mean, the list goes on and on for reasons why you're being held up. For me, it's typically been because of weather delays. So I have learned now to travel the day before this way I get into the town. I don't have to rush to the hotel and drop my bags and rush to the ballpark. I like having that little bit of extra day too because it gives me a chance to wander around the area, get my bearings as far as where the ballpark is, how to get there, what's the easiest way, cheapest way. Uh, can I walk there? Can I Uber? Do I take public transportation? My biggest thing is making sure I know where I'm going because I don't want to get lost. And thankfully, I've never been lost. And this is part of the reason why I've never been lost is I make sure I know where I'm going, how to get there. You know, if you need to pull up the map on Google or if you just need to ask the guy at the front desk at the hotel, hey, how do I get to so-and-so ballpark? The people at the front desk are always very helpful. They're always very nice. And I have never had a problem with them telling me, oh, go eight blocks north, take a left, and you can't miss it. It's on your right-hand side. So the reason I say get there early is, again, an example I had. My best friend and I were going to New York to watch the Rockies and the Yankees play in the Bronx. He had gone with his girlfriend at the time to Florida. He was taking a flight back to Texas, originally wanted to meet in Denver and then both of us fly out together well his flight in Texas couldn't get back to Denver in time so I told him just get a flight to fly to New York City little did I realize neither one of us was going to New York City either there was a storm coming into New York City and they were uh, stopping all flights into LaGuardia so I told him the best thing we can do is get a flight to Newark I know you can take the New, the New York, New Jersey public transit. There's a train that goes from New Jersey to New York City, drops you off at Penn Station. So he was reluctant at first because 
I had been to New York so much, but he was he wasn't gonna have his bags. His flight was being changed, and you know, he was pretty nervous about it. So I told him, just trust me, land in Newark, we'll meet up, and we'll take the train. So sure enough, we end up meeting up in New York in Newark, get on the train, get to Manhattan. Um, same thing. I told him, let me get outside of Penn Station real quick. Let me walk around, get my bearings, and I can figure out where we're going from there. So mind you, the game is now starting in about three hours. We still have to get to the hotel. I have my bags. His bag hasn't arrived yet. They're supposed to drop it off at the hotel. So now we have to get checked in. So we get to the hotel. We get checked in. He tells them that they're supposed to deliver his bag. And the amount of rushing we did to get to the Bronx from Manhattan, we got there with about 45 minutes before first pitch. For me, I don't like that because I like to get there for batting practice. I like to get something to eat, get something to drink, get my scorecard, get settled in. And so we were doing a lot of rushing. We still caught first pitch, you know, national anthem, all that stuff. But it was it was a lot more rushed than I like it to be. And if you're like me, you don't like rushing around, especially when you're on vacation. You want to just go and enjoy these moments. So that's the biggest story as to why I say get there the day before. The next thing is just kind of plan what you're going to do because ball games, you know, are only a few hours long. It, and again, if you're like me, I like history. I like learning things. I like wandering around. I don't like, I don't like renting a car. Part of the reason I don't like renting a car is because you miss things. So for me, my biggest adventure is when I walk out of the hotel and start walking. I'll just go. Maybe I'll hear of a restaurant or remember some place that I wanted to go try. So for me, walking out of the hotel, wandering around, um, I have found so many different cool things. Um, I actually planned a trip. La my trip last year, like I said, I got in the day before to St. Louis because I didn't want to be rushing. So the first night I stayed in the neighborhood called The Hill. The Hill is an Italian neighborhood in St. Louis. Uh, if you don't know, that's where Yogi Berra grew up, Joe Garagiola. Uh, Jack Buck used to live on the Hill when he first started calling games for the Cardinals. So there's some s historical relevance to this area of, of St. Louis. There's also some great Italian restaurants in the area as well. And so, again, for me, I don't like renting a car, so I start walking around this neighborhood, and it's a beautiful neighborhood and you can end up finding the house that Yogi Berra grew up in across the street is where Joe Garagiola grew up and so it's really cool to stand in the middle of the street and think that these kids were you know playing stickball and playing football in the middle of the street and tackling each other and things like that and um, you can't miss Yogi's old house because his family still owns it so to walk down the street and see this house adorned with all kinds of Yogi Berra stuff and, you know, Baseball Hall of Fame stuff. It's really cool. I, I'm a, I'm all about letting these people have their privacy, obviously. I'm not going to go knock on the door. I'm not going to sit around outside waiting for somebody to come out. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to show up, you know, take a couple pictures. They've got little, little plaques on the, on the sidewalk in front of the houses that, you know, Yogi Berra and some statistics about, Yogi and his career, Joe Garagiola across the street, same thing, his brother, 
Uh, there's a marker for him as well. And there's another football player, and I don't remember, I can't recall his name off the top of my head right now. But the street they grew up on is Hall of Fame, I believe Hall of Fame Boulevard. And so, because I don't like renting a car, I little did I realize I ended up completing a 5K by accident because it was more than three miles that I walked around this neighborhood trying to find something to eat, trying to find the house. Um, I was hoping to find the house that Jack Buck used to own, but I couldn't find anywhere on the internet where that was. And I was already looking kind of shady walking around that neighborhood as it was. So uh, the rain was starting to come in, so I had to put my hood up and I just didn't want to be that shady weirdo walking around. So I went to a restaurant, got a sandwich, and then I walked back to my hotel. But I digress, I'm sorry. So those are just little things, you know, any any city you go to, especially in the United States, there's going to be some kind of sports history related to, to the teams. Um, obviously, the further east you go, the more history you're going to find. You know, um, Forbes Field, the wall that used to be the outfield in Pittsburgh, you can find that on, I believe, the University of Pittsburgh campus. So, I mean, there's things to do, and you don't have to do high price things. Um, you can find anything to do if you're traveling with your family, don't want to spend a lot of money. The St. Louis Zoo was free. So you can walk in, walk around, look at the animals. Obviously, you got to pay for food and drinks and that. And there's little little other things you can pay for to go participate in, but that wasn't for me. It was I just wanted to walk around and see the zoo. I just wanted to find the tigers. That being said, so just make sure you, you know, take in what you can. Going back to my St. Louis story, I took the Budweiser tour. It was it was a heck of a time. It was a great time, actually, for being a guy that's not a real big beer drinker. I'm more of a whiskey guy, bourbon guy. And so the free samples obviously didn't break my heart at all. But it was a lot of fun. And with that, let's just take a quick break so I can tell you about Anchor. If you haven't heard, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app today or go to anchor.fm to get started. And so we're back. So one of the last things I can make sure I want to kind of give you is make sure you understand where your tickets are and what if there's anything attached to them so when I went to St. Louis the first night I was there for the game I I buy my tickets on the secondary market so I typically go through uh, game time stuff up things like that because the MLB ballpark app gives you the opportunity to upgrade your seats I didn't know if the Cardinals do this because it's only in certain ballparks I've, I've started to learn. But I wasn't sure if the Cardinals did it, so I wanted to make sure I got at least a ticket. I was going to be there for three games. So even if I sat way up in the nosebleed for one game, I'm not going to die. It's not going to hurt me. I can I can deal with sitting way up there because, frankly, those seats still aren't bad. So I am going through this secondary market, and I end up finding a ticket for for three rows up behind home plate and this ticket's going for about $400. Now I do my ticket research beforehand and see if I can buy them from the ball club before I buy on the secondary market. 
If I don't, I at least have an idea of what those tickets are going for. I didn't plan accordingly for the rival Cubs to be in town. I had forgotten it was a Cubs-Cardinals series. So I learned a difficult lesson because I forgot to check the opponent. Cubs cards are always intense rivalries. You know, it's I, I believe they told me it was a three-hour drive for some of those Cubs fans to get to Bush Stadium to see the Cubbies play. So it was pretty cool. It was pretty neat to be a part of. But I found these tickets, and the tickets behind home plate typically go for about $1,000 each. And when I find one for more than 50% off, I'm, I'm going to snatch that up. I'm not I'm not afraid to admit it. That thing's something's, something's good with that ticket. So I buy it, and I get to the ballpark, walk around, and I take my pictures that I typically take, and then I go down to my seat. And, you know, here I am all happy because I'm three rows off from the Cubs on deck circle. And the Cubbies are right in front of me. I grew up a little bit of a Cubs fan back in the WGN days before we had the Rockies. So for me, this is pretty awesome. The server comes down. She asks me what I would like. She, I am going through this menu. And so I order a soda, a beer, and some wings. Um, again, this is the first night I'm there. I'm being responsible with my money because I don't know what else I'm going to do the next day. I hadn't really planned it, planned my next day yet, but I was pretty sure that was my Budweiser day. And so she brings me my food, brings me my drinks. Um, game starts. I'm keeping score. She keeps checking on me. I get another beer and another soda. And I'm not thinking about what's going on. Other people around me obviously are ordering more food, more drinks. They're in groups, though. I'm there by myself, so I'm assuming that, you know, they're splitting the food amongst each other. I'm not paying attention to what other people are doing. I'm only paying attention to the game, my scorecard, and if I need another drink. Seventh inning stretch rolls around. She says, this is the last call. Do you want any more, any more, another beer? Do you want another soda? Do you need anything else to eat? And I said, no, I'll just go ahead and take my, I'll go ahead and take my tab now. And she says, your food's worked into the price of the ticket and i i looked at her like dumbfounded she's like yeah these these seats you, your food's paid for you don't have to pay for anything while you're down here the first thought in my head was well you're an idiot because you just missed your greatest opportunity to try all this food that's not normal stadium food and cooked by actual chefs and now i gotta find an atm because i gotta tip this lady because i didn't bring cash i don't carry cash i carry a secondary wallet with like 15 bucks in it in case I get robbed. Chuck that at the guy. Here's 15 bucks. Be gone. And so I didn't have that wallet with me. So now I got to go find an ATM to get this poor lady cash. And I just happened to catch her before she was walking out of the the tunnel where our seats, how you get to our seats. And I at least was able to tip her. The very next day, Actually, yes, it was the next day because the third day was when I went to Budweiser. The next day, I take a tour of Bush Stadium. And as they're giving the tour, they're walking us along the infield um, warning track to the to the dugout. And the tour guide mentions, by the way, if you sit in these seats, and I believe they're, they're the, the Cardinals Club. He says, all your food and drink is paid for. And I just, it felt like like a supernatural dig, like some 
super beings like, ha ha ha, you stupid idiot. But now I make sure I check and see like, you know, this specific area, I have these seats. Do I need, do I need money? Is something else going to happen? Do I just tip? And this way I'm better prepared for the next time because I missed an inning trying to find a stupid ATM. So those are some of my exploits. It's not, those aren't even close to some of the other stories I can tell. I hope that those stories and my misadventures are enough to help you plan a less stressful trip. Um, anytime you have any questions, my email is always open. I'll be more than happy to help you out if you have questions about how to fly somewhere. Um, you know, what's the best airport to go to? Where should I stay? Um, historical stuff. I'm more than happy to help you out, so please don't hesitate to email me if you have any questions. And so with that being said, thank you for tuning in. Uh, next week we'll probably go into some of my goofier stories because I'm pretty sure nobody's going to sign any contracts this week with any major league team, and I don't see any trades coming anytime soon. So thank you again, and this has been the Arch Deluxe Podcast signing off.